Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today, we're taking down organized crime. Or at least taking a flower up the side of the mountain. So take on, like, six guys at once. I swear to me. Because today, we're bringing you... Batman Begins. On June 15th, 2005, 4,968 days ago, on a $150 million budget, it only made $375.2 million worldwide. It's got an 84% audience rating, or a critic rating, 94% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 74 on Metacritic. But before we get into the movie, I do want to just shout out, we are being joined today by Ryan George from the Pitch Meetings on Screen Rant. Ryan, welcome to Bacon and Eggs. Hello, thanks for having me. How's Absolutely. it going? going tight as i would say <laughs> as, as i am known to say occasionally yeah. yes yeah it's going quite tight thank you you guys Better tight as well good. we are yes yes we are oh, great we are possibly a little jet lagged we both watched this movie on a plane on the way back from seattle today oh so what? did you get caught in a snowstorm did you guys have one of those we it's pretty bad up here in canada no you are in canada yeah. you are in canada okay yeah, so yeah no, we're, we're buried in snow right now we're here in virginia in the u.s um and it snowed like the day before we left and there was a little bit of concern over like because we had like a 6 a.m flight out and i was like it's a very small airport uh it, like there's like four gates and so we we're like ah we might not be able to get out but then no coming home we're good it's just 20 degrees out um which is not abnormal for january in virginia but it is abnormal when you spent the weekend in seattle where it was 50 degrees out i gotta like google these fahrenheit things we don't use that up here <laughs> 20 is 20 is like negative five i think Oh, okay. Which is cold for us. This yeah, is, yeah, I that's... mean, Virginia is, like, I don't know how familiar you are with American history, but Virginia is in the, like, real south. Okay? Like, mm. this is cold weather. Yeah, no, I understand. It's it's minus four degrees Fahrenheit here right now, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that yeah, was Yeah, no, bad. that's that's super cold. <laughs> that's super cold. But yeah. but compared to Seattle, where it was, like, a like a, a beautiful March day, yeah. April day, all the time. Absolutely. Right. That is a shocking change. We were at a Shake Shack last night talking to some local Seattleans that were, like, like satellites, satellites, I don't know what they call themselves, <laughs> but they were like, oh my God, guys, it's so cold here. And we're like, uh, I was wearing a t-shirt earlier. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we might be a little jet lagged. We are doing tight. We are tight. <laughs> and, you know, flying. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. all going to be fine. Even, <laughs> um, do you have a negative professional review on this? I film? do. Christy Lemire of the Associated Press says Nolan takes an admirable stab at developing a character-driven drama, only to give in to that generic action movie conventions with a blinding, deafening, explosion-laden finale that would have capped off any number of interchangeable Jerry Bruckheimer films. Okay, one Christy. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Christopher Nolan. This is this to read this to me reads a positive review. I don't see how this is negative. <laughs> right. It was a great movie. Christopher Nolan made it and there were explosions. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Anyway, do you have a positive review? I, I, there's, I certain, certain none of them. Everybody hated this movie, right? <laughs> a lot of people like this movie. Uh, a lot of people didn't see this movie. Uh, I don't know that I have a positive review. I, I thought this would be easier to find one that was absolutely glowing. Uh, here we go. This is from Jess Lomas at Quick Flicks. She, she, they, they say it's a refreshing approach to the genre, even when revisiting years la- later in an era inundated with superhero movies where each tries to better the last's visual effects budget. Okay, refreshing. That's a, yeah. that's a decent. Yeah. Okay. So what? What, is, what does Ryan George think about it? Uh, I mean, I didn't Google any reviews, but no. But like, no, what no, do no, I no, like? No. What did I think? Well, yeah, you, you, the critic. Yeah, rewatching it. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's a great film. Uh, now that I'm like, I'm also working on a pitch meeting for it, so I'm trying to find the ridiculous things in it. And there is, there is like, the, it, it is pretty ridiculous in parts, but it, it's great too. Like, there's ninjas. There's like, he's trying to poison the city via a microwave and a, <laughs> the the water system. Like, there's a lot of silliness right. going on, but the word microwave feels very silly to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, the whole. Th- there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff where if you sit down it, it's a little silly but it's uh i mean I, I don't think you could look at this movie without looking at the superhero movies at the time and how influential it was on just like movie making as a whole it led to like a whole wave of gritty reboots this is coming off batman right. and robin uh it, it took a, a character that had become super campy and made it like as dark as you can get like a dude in a bat costume <laughs> dude the giant bat costume <laughs> yeah. right yeah like it took those some like elements that might be considered silly and, and made them like quite cool um yeah yeah well and i think it's you when you look at this you've got to look at like when they made iron man this is what they were looking at for like what a superhero movie could be because obviously they couldn't look at dark knight because it was not out yet yeah that's true uh, that's why you know that's why they didn't look at it and right and that's you know an iron man is sort of the the crux of it all that's where mm-hmm. superhero movies really began to become taken seriously 2008 was a big year for the genre um that's true. Well, what else came out in 2008? I'm missing something. Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, that, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> people like that? People enjoy that one? Oh, yeah, yeah like big that. fan of that one. Interesting. I will say that, yeah, that was definitely a thing I thought of in this movie. Is like it, it is definitely a Christopher Nolan movie, and it has a Christopher Nolan vibe, but you can never escape comic books. Like, the dude's name is still Joe Chill. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like a super intense courtroom scene, and the judge is just like, Mr. Chill, what do you have to say for yourself? And I'm like... <laughs> You just can't escape it. You can't get rid of it, no matter what. <laughs> I do think that there were certain Batman elements that, like, the whole point of the character is that he doesn't kill, but he definitely is the reason Ra's al Ghul dies twice. He, yeah, he definitely has a loose definition of not being responsible. He's right. like, first, well, I like, there's the guy. I just let a building on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that made me that made me laugh out loud rewatching it now. He's just like, right. I don't kill. And then he makes the building explode. Like, do you think you think maybe that could have killed someone? You think like, it's like he right. he yeah. knew what was going to happen in the next scene, you... and he knew that everyone survived, so he thought it was okay. You know, like <laughs> right. He also got extremely lucky when he took the the tumbler and drove over a cop car, and nobody died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. He literally like drops explosives at the cop cars that are following him, and they they flip like the easily easily they could have died so like right. he almost accidentally broke his own his one rule several right, times with a cop yeah like, oh no it wasn't deadly explosions it wasn't a deadly car flip but like it could have been and you can tell in the script they were like oh crap that looks like he killed somebody so yeah. like as soon as he gets back to the wayne manor he's like uh, alfred is like somebody could have died tonight you're lucky 
you they didn't. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Directly into the camera. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you can always count on Michael Caine as Alfred to just be that Greek chorus voice of sarcasm there. They're like, what's the point of all those push-ups, Mr. Wayne, if you can't even lift a bloody log? Yeah. <laughs> to just really, really cut him down to size. Yeah. Like, hey, right. Bruce, buddy, <laughs> you might want to think about some things. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, no, Ethan, but, I thought. Uh, well, <laughs> what a time, ooh. Ryan. Go for it. Oh no, I, I was I was just making an agreement noise. I think. Okay, <laughs> Tyler, go for tight, it. Tight, tight. <laughs> uh, Ethan, you were talking about how this is definitely a Nolan film, uh, but I actually thought what made it so great was that I was thinking about when we watched Interstellar last week. How obvious when it came to cinematography, like the fact that it was being filmed was like there was so many shots done on like a basically a dash cam, but in outer space. You know, where you were very <laughs> hyper aware of the fact that. <laughs> talking about the spaceship gopro yeah i'm talking about the spaceship gopro you know there was a lot of like sort of found footage type things and that's also the reason a lot of people like movies like uh prisoner of azkaban where it's like you know alfonso Cuarón going around and like you are gliding through this movie as a camera and Mm -hmm. you're constantly aware of it and you as a camera are like going through glass and everything and what i loved about this was that i was able to forget that it was being filmed at all like obviously it was filmed i was watching it on a screen but it wasn't like the camera wasn't its own character which in this case i thought was a smart decision and i it worked very well for me do you agree disagree or or how do you feel about this yeah i thought it was shot incredibly well um especially as like a superhero movie that can get very tropey and very actiony and especially when when all you had to compare it to were the the you know the michael keaton and the george clooney and the val kilmer movies so far it's like they had to go the complete opposite direction to even sell this and therefore it had to be subtle to some extent the the actual filming of it is it had to it had to stand as a movie but like it couldn't be an avant-garde art film but it also couldn't be you know daredevil right and it it did daredevil yikes uh it I did have one avant-garde moment that really stuck out to me. Before I get to that point, I wanted, Ryan, do you have any thoughts on this? On the camera work? Um, I mean, yeah. uh, like you said, I feel like, yeah, it didn't really draw attention to itself. Uh, especially, I-, I mentioned to you guys earlier today, uh, the way that I watched this movie, unfortunately, was I watched the first half, and then I had to go watch Glass, and then I finished the movie. And, you know, M. Night Shyamalan is, he's like... Look at me! I I have a camera and I'm moving I'm in it. the movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, I'm a character. Um, so yeah, it is definitely like everything in Batman Begins felt appropriate for like the action that we that we that we were being shown, and it wasn't distracting. It was just, uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice it. It was very well shot. Yeah, there was one point that I thought was super interesting because it, it did have this repeating theme of the bats flying across the screen I, and being like absolute chaos. I was just about to say that the more Nolan movies I watch back-to-back, the more I realize that there's that one scene in every Christopher Nolan movie that gets overplayed as <laughs> But that actually wasn't the genius part of it for me. What was so brilliant was the bats flew across the screen like that all crazy, and then the fight choreography and the cinematography for the scene at the docks where Batman is fighting the thugs is shot exactly the same way, where you only get like a glimmer of each punch and a glimmer of everybody falling until he steps away from the fight and like everybody's on the ground. And that happened in the beginning of the film as well, uh, when he was uh, in the prison camp. Right, so you... you- you're kind of getting like a yeah when he's in almost the way in, that the the victims are seeing the fight they're just getting little I think I followed I think you you're saying that Batman fights like a bat is what I'm trying to say <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say it's cool <laughs> and does that is it also shot that way I'd have to go back and rewatch but like when the actual bats are surrounding him 
when he's a child at the beginning of the movie. I'd be interested. I'd, I'd be interested to go back and see if that shots like the way the bats are kind of attacking him, you know, and he's all scared and stuff. Right. I would believe that it is. You think so? Um, probably. Oh, here's your, it happens here's so your quick right at the beginning point. of the movie. Here's your pitch meeting point that like the day that Bruce falls into a well and is horrified of bats, his dad takes him to see Deflator Mouse, the opera about bats. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Great parenting. What are the odds here yeah. that he's going to be horrified? <laughs> I don't think it was the same day, but... Well, it was the same child actor, Ethan. Yes. Because Bruce wakes up that the morning of that, and his, and his dad's just like, "Is this the bats again?" Yeah, and you can yeah, tell that what's his what's his name, jo- Jonathan Wayne. What what's uh, Thomas Wayne? Thomas Wayne. Just like he's trying to be a supportive parent, but at the same time, he's like, "Really, Bruce? Bats? <laughs> like out again? of all the things that could scare you in this enormous house, <laughs> it's the bats. You're afraid of bats in the well that we boarded up. Yeah, and it's uh, it's lucky that that Batman didn't. I mean, that Bruce didn't have some other childhood trauma you know if it like a pit bull attacked him or something it would have been a very different superhero mr 305 (laughs) 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 he could have been mr worldwide oh my lord i i want nothing more than a a complete reshoot of christopher uh christian bale scenes in this movie with pit bull instead of christian bale (laughs) Who I are want you? nothing more than that, Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, but, but like in character, yeah, like in Pitbull character, in pit, as like, Pitbull. Every time he disappears, right. it's just like Dolly. Like, where would my mother drugs going? <laughs> you, hear, you hear it like echo into the distance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, God. I think actually I liked that that like the movie you could tell was super serious and it was like wrestling with itself to tell this interesting tale about fear and how like fear of economic disparity or divorce or whatever the other major fears are. I don't know what people worry about. <laughs> um, apparently, this is a window into Ty's life. Everything's fine. Uh, Nothing is wrong in my life. Oh, okay. But, like, the simple fears penetrate in the end. That it was like, you know, Bruce, you've conquered your fears. Your fear is not that you killed your father. Your fear is much more simply that you are afraid of bats. <laughs> <laughs> you have confronted your fear of bats. You have, right. You have your fear of bats and your fear of crime. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it is kind of like, it, yeah. when you think about it, the, the theme of fear is, like, it's pretty they, they hammer it home uh especially with the plan of the the fear gas like i don't know the league of shadows was their goal f- like for people to die like they wanted people to kill each other right yeah it seemed so, like yeah they were just gonna basically destroy gotham so like other iterations i've seen of the league of assassins or league of shadows and raz al ghul is that their goal is to have everyone die so like they, it could have been straight up poison gas <laughs> you know <laughs> Right. But it was like, oh, everyone's gonna see spooky stuff, and then they're gonna kill that. Well, it's that looks like a real bat. Uh oh. It's the Kingsman (laughs) thing, though, is they want each other. They want. They don't want to do the killing. They want the people to kill themselves. Right. They want it to fall like Rome and Constantinople, the riots in the street, and people establishing the 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 wealth and everything like that. Mm. And right, they said their first attempt at destroying Gotham was the economy. (laughs) Right. They they caused the depression, and then. That didn't work because Thomas Wayne was like, well, I'm just going to bail the entire city out. They also said that they, they burned London to the ground back in the day. So I guess they like they wanted to get like more thematic with their with their methods. Like, you right, know, they're, more poetic. They're, they're claiming you guys responsibility. kill each other because of your fears. <laughs> right. 
Well, that's because the great the problem thing. is London yeah. and Rome are both yeah, who knows like, how actually still standing. Well, they, but they did go through a great restructuring and great tragedy. But like that's how that happened in history. So they didn't, they couldn't just play fast and loose with the history of London. Right. I'll tell you one of the other problems is at the end of this movie, that like little section of Gotham really is like destroyed. Like they didn't bring them the cure or anything. Like they say at the end of the movie that the Narrows is lost. Like just forever? I miss that. that I mean, that's what it sounds like. That the, those people are just, they're, they're screwed forever. Yeah. They'll never be able to look at a, a sack of flour again. Yeah. There was not <laughs> like any closing, you know, like smart closing remarks about how, and, and Lucius was able to get the cure to the right people at the right time. And we were able to disperse it through the air so it's not a problem anymore <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that's true another another thing is that um and this is a plot hole that's been pointed out a lot that um you know they they, they like tainted the water supply with with whatever the poison was and then the only way that that's going to get dispersed is through when the water turns to vapor, uh, and that's why they're going to use their targeted microwave thing. But that means then <clears throat> nobody had boiled water in the weeks before the the incident. No one had taken a hot shower. <laughs> no one made tea. Like they 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 had been doing that for weeks. They said weeks. Right. And nobody had boiled water in the city of Gotham. Very unclean people. Uncaffeinated. <laughs> yeah. Make no pasta. Yeah, none. No pasta. No. No. Showers. No pasta. None. Everybody just eats out. Yeah. But even in the restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> just cold, uncooked foods. <laughs> and like I mean, cold brew coffee. You know, it's a depression, you know. Right. The that's, depression's that's still alive and well. <laughs> they talk about it like it's gone, but it's not. Yeah. Another another thing uh, about the plan, I don't know, like, I find, like, the third act of this movie is is <laughs> probably the most ridiculous part of it. The whole, and maybe I'm missing something here, but why, why, why did they have to, like, ride the train? to bring that microwave to like why couldn't Ra's al Ghul just kind of start at Wayne Tower since we, we've seen that he has people involved in every single layer of society in Gotham like why 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 was what I like I understand cinematically awesome that was a, a cool train ride but I don't know the plan could have been you know right like why why start why start there in the narrows where it's you, where it's already like the slums why not yeah. start with the rich you keep bragging about like how you have connections in every single layer you corrupted gotham entirely why did you have to start at the other end of the train track to get to your well, destination because that's because that's because that's bane's thing though that's what they had to save that whole like let's just roll a bomb into the new york stock exchange or whatever he did they had to <laughs> I, save that for bane that's true. I also noticed um, this movie, just like The Dark Knight Rises, has all of the police being inca incapacitated. They have like they have they they cut away to somebody and they're like, "Get the police!" And then all the, someone else is like, "All the police are there with you, or they're all they're all poisoned." Like in The Dark Knight Rises, they were all in the tunnels, which is ridiculous. But in this one, like right. every police officer, yeah. what? Every police officer in this one is owned by Carmine Falcone. Yeah, true. And po all the specialized SWAT team that could have helped Batman are also all poisoned. So it's like, it's really all on Batman. It's gotta be Batman. It's gotta be Batman. Yeah. What a wild character. You brought up The Dark Knight Rises. Both of you just did. And like, going into this conversation, I was like, this movie holds up great, man. It, it, it stays in line with the other two films. It's great. I don't think I realized Dark Knight Rises was the same Batman. Like, I, I thought I knew... But then you said something about Bane being like a canon villain of this Batman. And I was like, no, that can't be right. That's, 
that's a totally different, totally different post Dark Knight Batman. Well, that's the thing is they all, they all, all the Batman villains in the trilogy want Gotham to destroy itself. Yeah. Like that's the whole thing is, is, is because, because, you know, Scarecrow and, and Ra's al Ghul here, they, they want the fear and the panic and everything. And the Joker just wants to, you know, have the riots. He wants to make people choose to to kill each other. And then Mm -hmm. Bane is just like, I demand sacrifice. That's true. Yeah. Thematically, they all kind of, uh, I demand the sacrifice. (laughs) There it is. Yeah, that's true. He, he kind of has to go up that every he's like every single time he has to go up of against a villain that that is like these people are bad and he's like no they're good I'll show you I'm Batman yeah because he believes in the city he believes in Gotham he believes in the city that Thomas Wayne created which the the, the plot hole that I had with that whole thing is that like they're riding the train to go to the opera and Bruce is just like Dad is this where you work <laughs> <laughs> the building with our name on like, and Thomas Wayne says no yeah, I work at the hospital. <laughs> But like, how would just your ten-year-old Brucey? How do you not know what your dad does for a living? He's a doctor, obviously. It was his first time out of the house. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Why would you ever leave Wayne Manor? It's obviously clearly the love of your life hangs out there all the time, even though you're eight. And why did he? Yeah, how he was eight or nine, I guess. Something like that. He was old enough to have that be a traumatic bat-based experience for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It did. It defined his life. Right. Because, like, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be particularly cool with the idea of, like, falling down a well, breaking a leg, and having bats fly all over me. But, like, I I would register to guess at this point in my life, being 25 years old, that it, it wouldn't, I probably wouldn't develop a lifelong terror of bats that needs to be cut in the middle of everything I do as a, like, cross-action sequence. Yeah. Well, Ethan, this is a Nolan film, okay? You're not going to get out with some memento. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for sure. For sure. I get it. I understand. I'm just saying, like, he, he was clearly, he had to be young enough to have, A, never left the house ever, and B, be traumatized by bats. Yeah, those things had to happen. So, I just, the, the, and that just disparity between the rich and poor in Gotham, truthfully. You know, yeah, yeah, I, the poor are afraid of dying of being poor. Bruce is afraid of bats. Let's weigh this yeah, one up Bruce here. Has, Bruce has a real fear, okay? You know? I think this is actually something I was disappointed by. So, like, the Potter universe does a really decent job with the like Bogart thing where it's like oh what's your greatest fear and let's put it on screen and develop the character that way uh-huh. and I felt like they did a really good job of explaining that for Batman um, but for all the other characters like Killian Murphy just sees Batman but like all CG yeah like a of... scary Batman it's true <laughs> scary Batman right and, like, well I, yeah it's, it's an enormous dude in, it's an enormous dude in a, a really thick bat costume like yeah. right. he, like, he's like a leather bat, like a bat SWAT team. Like <laughs> that would be terrifying. Even but if I wasn't like, doing anything wrong, is at the that time. his childhood trauma? Is like a man that basically looks like he's made of leather <laughs> and muscles. I mean, Jonathan Crane's clearly a pretty messed up guy. Let's be honest here. I guess. Well, like I guess the the poison. I mean, the poison kind of worked in different ways throughout the movie, depending on what they wanted for the scene but yeah and, and when it when it hit the public i just got the impression that everything they saw was a little scarier like the Ooh, spooky whoa, now. oh his eyes are glowing oh no like if okay if i'm walking down the street and a, a big man in a bat costume flies over my head i i'll you know I'll, I'll probably be like whoa that's pretty scary and the gas made them see that but with glowy eyes and at that point like that's not that much more scary you know that's like oh that guy right he has glowy eyes on his bat costume and he's still flying around like <laughs> right <laughs> it just made like the the scarecrow mask had had maggots on it which is yep that's a little step up okay um, <laughs> right well yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely scarier than a burlap sack 
Yeah. Like, yeah. let's be real, because for the people, and they did a really good job of showing this, is how terrifying, you know, Scarecrow became once he was Scarecrow with the powder, and we got to see through the eyes of the people, because if you just saw the other end of it, it's literally just Killian Murphy in a sack yelling at people. <laughs> it's also like, if a dude ran up to me on the street wearing a burlap sack on his head, I would also be freaked out. <laughs> To be honest, I would, I would be more scared of that what dude. I'd be more scared of that dude than the bat guy. Yeah, probably. I would like, the like... bat guy was probably minding his own business, probably just cosplaying. <laughs> Let's be real here. Guy walks up to you in a bur- with a burlap sack on his head. There's no good situation for this. Exactly. Spray drugs in your face. Yeah. Right. If if the, if like I if I was poisoned and I saw the maggots on the face, I would have been like, oh, this guy needs to go to the hospital. But if it was just a burlap sack, I would be like, this guy's gonna murder me. <laughs> right. This guy is about this, to put a large knife into my body. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I, uh, this this movie also made me laugh out loud at like how Scarecrow is, is like brought down in that in that big final Gotham scene. Rachel just like shoots him in the face with a taser, and he rides <laughs> off on a horse screaming. I love that. It's so That's exactly funny. How we should go down. <laughs> I, I know. I and I love like I love the fact that Killian Murphy was the Scarecrow, like the main villain in this movie, because he was just nobody at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, he was the guy for twenty. Days later, he auditioned yeah. to be to be Batman, and Christopher Nolan was like, "Okay, I can't cast you as Batman, but like, I I have to put you in this movie." Yeah, and he was. I mean, he was good. Um, I think like a, maybe a couple of years after, he did like a couple of other villain things. Like he did Red Eye with Rachel McAdams. Like he he really leaned into that. Like I'm a I'm a creepy man, you know. I'm a creepy looking. Right, he's and now, even creepy looking in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does Peaky Blinders. And that's his whole thing. He's got like a good murder face. I will say he that. Does, about him. Yeah, like if that guy killed me, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, and of yeah, course, no, and now he's <laughs> now he's on the register of people that are in Chris Nolan movies. So he's, yeah, he's got that Dunkirk. going for him forever. Yeah, yeah, he's on the good. He's on the good side, along with that guy from Sons of Anarchy. Although I guess he hasn't been in many Nolan movies, actually. I take that back. There was a guy who was in like Memento as like a hotel clerk, and in oh in, yeah, I know what you're talking about. In Batman Begins, he's like he's like the most corrupt cop who like steals falafels. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My kids don't like falafels. Yeah. Who is who does that? Who does that sketch? The is it College Humor? Yeah, Pete Holmes and Kamel Nanjiani. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like, well, like, drop those names fast. The voices sketch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, they, it's that's so what always funny. strikes me about these movies is that like they just didn't have to reach far for that. Like most of that dialogue was already there. Yeah, exactly. That's and it still so managed funny. to sell it. Like even in the Dark Knight, he's got the I'm not wearing hockey pads. Yeah, <laughs> like that line should be that should ruin the movie, but it just they sell it enough that it gets away with crap like that, and I love that about these movies. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple of lines where like I mean he had to say I'm Batman, like he has to say that, but like it was it was kind of it, it was kind of funny when he did. Like it, it got a little laugh out of me. It was just someone had to oh, say yeah. who are you? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Yeah. I'm Batman. And same thing but, yeah. for like someone's like where are you? And he's like here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. Harvey Dent. Can we trust him? God, he's he's so leaned into the growl in The Dark Knight. Oh yeah. Like it was interesting to watch because like obviously The Dark Knight is probably the most popular of the Bale Batman movies. It was interesting to see his more kind of subdued growl in Batman Begins. He didn't like he he didn't go full raspy voice yet. <laughs> he didn't. And I I thought it was interesting. I can only imagine what it must have been like to be on set for The Dark Knight <laughs> where Christian Bale who's like such a method actor is working with Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm giving like the the, the killing performance yeah. of a lifetime yeah 
Like, how much do you want to compete when you're Christian Bale and then you're stuck being Batman? You've got to, like, be Batman. Yeah, and Christian Bale has said, I don't know if it's specifically about the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises, but, like, he wasn't fully... He didn't love his performance. Uh, and I wonder if that's mm. why, just because, like, obviously there was a great performance in that movie and it wasn't It wasn't him. mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was like the one that people do impressions of the most well other i mean the joker right. people do impressions but it's like they're trying to be serious but when people want to do a funny impression of a batman movie they do the bale batman voice you know right because it's so fun to do well yeah it just makes for great college humor sketches yeah yeah like i, you, I had you like quick a, to drop those names oh yeah i, I love those sketches i'm with my friends we made like three batman sketches also in that same vein of like the pete holmes batman sketches those are so funny i mean to me. but that's and that's the thing is like that's all i can think of now like when we got to that point and he started the thing with the falafel i was like oh here it is yeah yeah and you... all i could hear it was just like where are the other drugs going <laughs> yeah hello governor hello governor <laughs> where are the other drugs going <laughs> it's like a john malkovich impression <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Kumail's answer to, like, what, your kids don't like falafels? He's like, oh, that's a good point, actually. Thanks, that solves most of my problems. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. I halfway forgot that, like, wasn't a line from the movie when he didn't say that. I was like, uh, same, wait, wait. Same. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. He's like, oh, he's just mad he doesn't say the line. Okay. But I, I can't even imagine, like, have, have being on set with Christian Bale ever. Because, like, you know, you, you're, you're clearly, you're... Looking up the guy you're going to work with, you've just watched The Machinist, where yeah. he's like, you know, he weighs like 85 pounds. Yeah. And then he shows up, just like Mr. Big, burly, beefy guy. Like, it's it's been four months. What happened? <laughs> and um, I, I could be mistaken, but I think in Batman Begins, like in the early scenes, he, he didn't like, he didn't have that muscle packed on yet you know like when you see let's say when he's in the courthouse and he's gonna he's gonna shoot the guy he seemed like smaller yeah. right and, and he I, he beefed yeah. up when he went to like practice fighting in prison for seven years yeah i think they filmed that that way on purpose like did yeah. the younger scenes yeah that's to crazy. make him look slimmer and yeah and then i guess they just took a break they gave him like and, two months or maybe they right. shot like the 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 scenes where he's in a bat costume and during that time he was working out like crazy like i don't know but that's that's always pretty cool when there's like a weight gain within the same movie yeah well that's that's christian bale's whole shtick though that's his entire thing is that like that was the thing with vice is like christian bale could be in your living room right now you wouldn't even notice yeah <laughs> it's like christopher Chris, i mean Chris, christian bale could be playing my couch yeah. and like show up one day yeah. and it's just like i'm batman yeah. i'm your couch now <laughs> yeah i hope i hope like i hope his health is okay you know I'm, I'm sure it's fine you know like for what he's doing he's probably got exactly the right health I guess, yeah. Or not. Who knows? Like, I know, like the for thing. the machinist, obviously that wasn't a healthy thing to do. And he was eating just, I think, apple slices. And his doctor was like, you know, that's you're going to die if you keep doing that. And he's like, I'm not going to keep doing that. As soon as this movie wraps, I got to go do Batman. I'm switching to just eating a raw cow every day. Yeah, I'm going to put on 60 pounds of muscle in a couple of months. Right. Don't worry. I'll be fine. I'll be then. fine. The fluctuation like this is totally normal, right? Yo-yo dieting. That's what they call it. We're good. Yeah. Like, Jeez. uh, no, probably not, but... He even did, like, the fighter in between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, where he was another super skinny character. It's it's nuts. And then, in, like, American Hustle, after The Dark Knight Rises, he got... Where you, yeah, he was, you had fat Christian Bale. Yeah, and, like, it, it looked like a fat suit. <laughs> like, he didn't have to do that. They could have just put on a fat suit. But he, I mean, that's Christian Bale. That's what he's about. That's Christian Bale, yeah. He does so many... He did so many movies during this whole period that weren't the Dark Knight movies that I just yeah. always forget about that, that happened during this because he was in 310 to Yuma, the remake. He was in Rescue Dawn, the worst movie ever. Uh, he was in... 
you know, obviously uh, the prestige. He was in Terminator. Mm-hmm. He was in Public Enemies. He was in The Fighter. It's nuts, like how many different characters this dude's playing, and, and that's in, like that's in the course of like six years. Yeah. Is Rescue Dawn the worst movie ever? Yeah, that was that movie we watched. It's him and Steve Zahn, I think. I never saw that, but I I can like picture it's... what I can picture scenes from it. I probably saw no, the trailer. No, no, Zach Grenier. Hey, Tyler, Zach you Grenier. and I watched it. I have the DVD still. It was the first, like, movie club we did. It was. Steve Zahn, Christian Bale. It's got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it really? It was awful. Oh, God. We may just have not known what we were watching. Maybe not. I was so bored. I don't know. I can't, I don't, can't go back and watch that movie. No, I can't try. That was 2006. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Six, seven. Five, Rotten Tomatoes says seven. IMDb says six. That's weird. Weird. I don't know what to tell you there. Yeah, that's kind of weird. So how Christian Bale was, what, like 30 for Batman Begins? He turned 30 in Batman Begins. That's his little birthday party. He got balloons. That's nuts, man. I'm, right. I'm turning 30 this year, and I don't look like that. <laughs> I wish I was. He's got to hit the gym. Christian Bale can do it in two months. Why can't That's you? That's true. <laughs> start eating a cow a day. Well, because yeah, <laughs> Christian Bale has like uh, he had the 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 guy that works on Marvel now working for him. I'm sure the guy that's oh, like, yeah. you want to go on the Thor diet, right? Yeah, let Where, me make you Chris Hemsworth. We turn you... you from Andy Dwyer into Star Lord in the course of like three months. Your full time job is now trying to be in the best shape possible. Right. All you do is work out and eat. <laughs> I feel like That's Chris Pratt it. is like trying to lose weight right now. I, I don't know why For I know what? that. He, he's For like something. doing. The, I saw a thing. He's doing like intermittent fasting, and he's like, "I, I lost, I lost, I lost some weight. It's going great." And I, it's like, "What? What do you mean you you lost weight? Are you not in Marvel shape? You're still doing Marvel movies." Like, well, I guess happening? we'll find out. I mean, uh, they, I mean, there was a joke in Infinity War about him gaining weight, but I mean, what? Well, I, you know, Infinity War is obviously wrapped, and Guardians Three's. Uh, Unknown status, so yeah, 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 who really knows he, uh, on that front? Had a couple of beers. <laughs> I just I stopped drinking beer. Yeah, <laughs> that was the. How best much beer excuse. were you drinking? Too much. Uh, yeah, just like I know, right? Oh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, I, that's. I mean, just you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'll never get over Andy Dwyer, but uh, I, I'm kind of over Star Lord. Agreed. I can feel that. I'm excited I'm... for Endgame. I am truly, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm just kind of over most of those characters from from the Guardians franchise. Guardians Two is such a bad movie. Yeah, I did not. I did not enjoy that. It just ruined so many good characters. Uh, like I loved, I loved Drax originally. I don't know. Yeah. Drax was great. And then they were like, "What if we took everything great about Dra- Drax and instead of highlighting any of that, we took all the bad things about Drax and made that the whole movie?" Yeah, they're just like let's let's change let's let's find a new funny thing about Drax and it's that he's an idiot now and he thinks that Mantis is disgusting and <laughs> he's like extremely rude and it's not funny. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guardians two was uh, well, you know, if you make if you make twenty one movies in a series, you're gonna have some flops. Let's just be honest here. Yeah, no, I don't think you will. I, I think sometimes you can have twenty one good movies. Well, I mean. Let's see what what other series has that many movies. You've got Marvel, Bond, and Bond, both of which have some flops. Yeah, there was that whole era of Bond when we were growing up. Brosnan. Listen, listen. Brosnan. We do not speak. I will turn this podcast around. We do not speak <laughs> ill of the Pierce Brosnan Bond in this household. He was too pretty. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Oh, this is not a conversation I'm willing to have right now. I'm not, I'm not in the headspace for this. <laughs> He's too pretty. I like Craig. What do you, Brian, I need you to weigh in. I mean, yeah, I also grew up with Brosnan Bond. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I haven't watched those movies in a few years, so it's hard for me to say. Craig is great. 
Brosnan is, uh, it, I mean, it's in, in this, for me, it's like the same way as, you know, before Batman Begins, it was kind of like super cheesy Bond movies, you know? And then after right. that, which is probably like one of the big reasons that they did a kind of like gritty reboot of James Bond is because of the success of Batman Begins. So they're just like completely different characters to me. It's hard to compare right. them. I know. I, I mean, Clooney's always going to be the true Batman. Though. Well, yeah. Obviously. I mean, <laughs> I'll still tell you straight up that that uh, Batman Forever with Val Kilmer, it, that's like my favorite Batman movie. I'd have to, man, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Legitimately. Like, I, I wore the videotape out. That's with uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, with yeah, Jim Carrey as the yeah. Riddler, Tommy Lee Jones as the... Uh, as Two Face, that's worst God, worst villain bad. ever. But we don't talk about that uh, because Jim Carrey was delightful as the Riddler. It's it's not it's not his fault. It's not Tommy Lee Jones's fault. It was bad writing. Two Face isn't supposed to flip the coin until he gets what he wants. It's not the point. But I do love that movie. When I man, when I was young, I actually I, I didn't know much about movies, and I, I I had a Batman and Robin poster in my room, and I was super pumped for it. And I I didn't I didn't realize it was a bad movie. Like I actually really liked it. When, I was the same way. That's the thing is like you're totally allowed to like that movie when you're a kid. Like you don't have yeah. to listen to even adult you. It like it can always be a good movie in 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 the past. Yeah. Like I love that movie. I loved all those movies. I love the Keaton movies. I love the Kilmer movie. I love the Clooney movie. I love these movies. As long as we're not talking about Batfleck, like it's all good. Yeah. I'm yeah, not I'm a not big a... Batfleck fan. Yeah, same here. Um yeah, there hasn't been much in the DCEU that I've fall in love with i know that's a controversial opinion oh really did you see aquaman i did um yeah no, i wasn't i wasn't a fan okay i didn't see aquaman because i i wasn't a fan going into the previous so <laughs> yeah it's uh, uh I, no I, I, I can't recommend it you cannot if, recommend zero if, on a binary scale. if we're going because literally aquaman is pretty much just wet thor right so basically yeah yeah we're gonna have to get a controversial director in for the third aquaman movie and it'll be great that's what i'm waiting for yeah aquaman I mean, ragnarok <laughs> you can't tell me that that jason momoa and taika ytd working together would not be amazing that would be great it, although like i felt that, so that, like the first thor movie was obviously much more serious than the third thor movie but this this aquaman movie this first aquaman movie was trying to be funny it was trying real hard and it often did not land <laughs> so like yeah i don't watch game of thrones but my understanding about jason momoa is that he wants to be not just like the sexiest man alive but he wants to be the funniest man alive Mm-hmm. Like he wants to be both The Rock and Kevin Hart, and I don't think he's quite either one. I'll be honest. Are you yeah. saying The Rock isn't the funniest man alive? <laughs> the Rock is pretty great. I do love The Rock. I was gonna say, like, if we're talking about like buff dudes, I think The Rock might be the wrong one to say is not funny. He is funny. I like okay. Jason Momoa is discount Dwayne Johnson, like great value brand Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I think he just he try he's trying to to avoid getting typecast from Game of Thrones is the thing. Yeah, I mean, after Game of Thrones, he did like uh, Conan the Barbarian, which didn't help that. Uh, <laughs> right, kind of got. St- we need you to be Cal Drogo, but like yeah, just well, actually no, we just need you to be Cal Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna call you something else, but you're just do the call the Cal Drogo thing. Right, just be that. What he needs, and we talked about this on our episode about Bumblebee, he needs, he'll find his role eventually that makes him an actual actor. Because we talked yeah. about this with John Cena, where where Bumblebee was John Cena's Scorpion King. Where, like, you can have John Cena in a movie now, and it's not just a cameo. Right. And so, yeah, it's not, Jason uh... Momoa, I don't know if Aquaman is going to be it. I think he's still, like, going to be looked at as just, like, Mr. Buff guy. See, but I'm ready for Jason Momoa to take on his, like, the babysitter type role, or whatever, the, the pacifier. The pacifier. Oh. with Vin Diesel. Yeah. 
Uh, the Tooth Fairy with with, uh, with, with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. yeah, the movie got people so heated. Like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's whole career wasn't dedicated to entertaining children when he was a wrestler. <laughs> right, when he was doing fake fighting on stage. Although uh, Jason Momoa hosted SNL um, before Aquaman came out, or around that time, I, I didn't watch the full episode, but there was one sketch where he was freaking hilarious uh i don't know if it's on on youtube or anything but it, there's like he, he plays like a dad and he's like gonna meet his his daughter's boyfriend for the first time but he gets to the house oh, and, and the 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 son is like hiding he's like you have to find me and jason momoa is running around the house like where where are you little son of a b-? i don't know it's just like obviously i'm not selling <laughs> it but it's so funny like it legitimately made me laugh out loud so, like i could see him developing the comedy side and he's trying but i think aquaman was not the right like, right, I, I think you, just, you need to stick him in a movie like the other guys. Yeah, yeah, he needs exactly. to just replace The Rock in a in a, the Rock and Kevin Hart movie. Yeah, if he could legitimately be in something that is a comedy, is a comedy. And, yeah, whereas like because, Aquaman was like action, and then like once in a while he's gonna toss a funny line at Amber Heard, and she's gonna not react. That's basically. It. <laughs> well, I mean, she's not the greatest actress in the whole world, in my personal opinion. No, yeah, and there's no chemistry between them in Aquaman. That's the worst. Just the worst. Like yeah. when there's no chemistry between your leads in the movie, that's the fastest way to kill a movie for me. Yeah. Real quick, did you see chemistry between whoever originally? Original Rachel Doss was and Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. I should have known that. That's that's a name I should know. Yeah, she uh, married, married Tom Cruise for a while. Maybe still yeah. is. Don't remember. No, he like went crazy on Oprah or whatever, right? Yeah, they like they, they broke up. I think. Well, he's married to somebody else now. I think I can't remember. I can't remember which order it goes. I don't keep up with Tom Cruise. Yeah, I hate like Tom auditioning Cruise. New girl. They're, they audition his girlfriends apparently. The Church of Scientology. Just kind of do they? Up. Yeah, they're like, okay, we have a selection for you. Anyway, we won't, we won't dive too Look, deep Tom into Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise plays Ethan Hunt in. The hunt in uh, in uh, in, uh, in uh, Mission Possible movies, and that's just a thing I can't live up to as an Ethan in the world. I've got, <laughs> it's bad enough that like Ethan Hawke's terrible and everything. Like I just I. I don't have time for Tom Cruise here. I'm on a quest to be the most famous Ethan in the world, and I'm, you know, I'm not worried about Ethan Hunt. I am, however, if you are Ethan Klein, uh, I'd love to just get dinner and maybe, you know, some poison. <laughs> Who is Ethan Klein? He's the, the internet guy. From H3H3. H3H3, yeah. No, he's hilarious. He's hilarious. But that's the one that people bring up if they're over the age of 18. When I say I want to be the world's most famous Ethan, they're like, well, you got to pass Ethan Klein. People under the age of 18 go with Ethan Dolan of the Dolan twins. He's oh, like man. the most famous person under 18, isn't he? Uh, I think that's probably go to his brother, Grayson, if it's either of them. I see a lot of tweets from Grayson Dolan. Ethan, Ethan Dolan is the Dylan Sprouse of the pair. Oh man, you also have it's Cole Sprouse. People prefer Wait, Cole. <laughs> you also have Ethan Hawk, man. You gotta beat him too. Look, Ethan Hawk sucks Dead at Society. everything except Dead Poet Society. That was the last time I was sold on an Ethan Hawk role. And I'm gonna get some hate comments here. I get it. People like some Ethan Hawk movies. Whatever. Not a fan. I'm pretty sure any generic white dude could have done that part better. <laughs> Whatever part it is that you're gonna justify. Granted, I haven't seen Boyhood. I don't hate myself that much to do that to myself. Oh, but yeah, why do, do you think I loved Boyhood? Am I not supposed to have loved it? No, I'm sure no, it's a delightful it movie. For... I just don't want to weep my eyes out. I'm impressed for, for what it is. The accomplishment of filming a movie for so long. It's the same bit, reason but... I don't seek out Marley and me. Like, <laughs> I just don't want to do that to myself. Ethan, I, I don't know if I've explained the ending of Marley and Me to you before. I'm sure I have. But in case anybody has forgotten, 
Marley and Me ends when they move to Philadelphia and are playing football in the front yard. That's how the movie ends. The conflict is that living in Orlando or wherever they were prior to that was a bad place to raise a family. Okay, Phoebe now, Buffay. I'm going to ruin this for you real quick. That's not how that ends. <laughs> no, now they live in Philadelphia and everything is great. They're playing football in the front yard in front of their beautiful home and the dog never gets lost and nobody ever dies. There is and it's wonderful. literally it's an story. episode of Friends about this concept. Oh, I know. <laughs> and you know what? This is the way that we watch Marley and me Look, now. okay, so I, I was traumatized when I was a child by that freaking Frankie Muniz movie, My Dog Skip, okay? I don't know if you guys remember that movie, but somebody beats that dog to death with a shovel. Oh, my God. Yikes. Okay? Let's just, like, it's a Frankie Muniz movie. Like, Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle. And I, and I, I, I went to see this movie in theaters because I was like, it's a kid's movie. It'll be totally cool. I was with like, dog. I was like seven. Oh, it takes place in 1940s Mississippi. Yeah, they'll beat a dog back then. They'll oh, yeah, just yeah. just cold beating smack a dog with in a the shovel. Is tight. Yeah, they're all about beating dogs with shovels back then. <laughs> oh man, they they got two different. I'm on the IMDb page. They got two different dogs. Oh, f I'm sorry, I swore, but the dogs are dead. Oh, I'm sure oh, they are. It's really been a while. Ugh, well, you know, it, I mean, oh, y'all know about Milo and Otis. You remember that movie? No. Um, it's Maybe. about a, it's about a, a little orange cat and a pug. They go on a grand adventure, and it's just like it's entirely like narrated. There's and and, and, and Dudley Moore does both of the voices. Anyways, like filmed in Japan and then like narrated in America. But what the filming company in Japan didn't tell them is that they just like killed a ton of dogs and cats to make the movie. Oh my god. Oh god. Like there's one scene where the dog fights a bear and to get that scene they just fed a bunch of dogs to the bear oh until one of them got out okay man this is not this isn't funny this is just sad yeah i know That's and it was like up. it was like a heartwarming cat and dog story movie from my childhood and i found this out recently and i was like what that's horrible. Yeah, and they and they killed like 40 pugs or something. Jeez. Oh my god. Well, here's a fun That's fact. Really here's a fun fact. I, I went on the IMDb pages for the My Dog Skip dogs. They were, they were played by two dogs, and they both went mm -hmm. on to be the dog from Frasier. Really? Really? Yeah. One, the Skip. Uh, no, Moose is credited in 193 episodes of Frasier, and uh, Enzo did 104 episodes of Frasier. That is the same dog from My Dog Skip. My dog skip. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's so cool. That is a fun that is very fact. very exciting. I don't know now, what to what do about, with this information, but now I know, and so do you. What about the Air, Airbud dog, the Golden Retriever? Oh, man. Go on a, <laughs> go on a quest. Just this is how we go down the dog. hole. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Batman Begins. I love yeah. nothing more than the fact that you can look up dogs as actors. Uh, yeah, I, I also found that out today. It's great <laughs> I don't news. know if you can in Airbud, though. There doesn't no, appear yeah, to... Doesn't... Bud doesn't... Bud is not correct. Oh, yes, he is Buddy. Buddy played Air Bud. He was in Air Bud and Full House. He was Comet. Oh, was wow. he? Yeah. Oh, what a good boy. Here's the truth about Air Bud. He died uh, in 1998. We were... I am now sad. Ryan, we were having this discussion the other day in real life. Not you and I, Ethan and I. Uh, and we were wondering, Air Bud, first round, plays like Little League basketball, right? Mm -hmm. Air Bud, I think the sequel... No, the sorry, not the sequel. The third one, Airbud Three World Pup, uh, plays in the Women's World Cup of Soccer. Now, this is like a grand increase in ability. <laughs> is it the same dog? That's a good question. He did. Oh man, I just, yeah, he did. He did all the sports. Yeah, That's he's crazy. a golden receiver, seventh inning fetch. Does he uh, have spikes the same, back? The same family and stuff. I don't know. I like. I, I haven't researched this enough. <laughs> but do you feel like if you've shown your ability? Yeah, like, Kevin Zegers plays. Josh Fram in all of these movies. So it's the same dog. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same. I told you. 
It's the same bud. Man, and I have not seen the same these bud. movies. It's not the I same haven't... bud because the bud from Air Bud originally died the year after Air Bud was oh. made. R.I.P. Oh. Buddy the but Golden Retriever. But the character is supposed to be the same bud. Yeah, it's a canonical bud. I haven't seen all these movies, but I hope to God that Kevin Zegers' character just gets like less and less excited each time they discover he can play a new sport. No. <laughs> oh man, I was really excited about Little League basketball, but it's I mean really good at soccer. I just keep coming back to this point though, is can you imagine being the parent of the child who got benched yeah. for a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Like, rec league basketball, the dog walks out in sneakers. <laughs> I don't know why this is such a central point in my life recently, but I cannot stop thinking about this. Because <laughs> it's Little League, man. The dads, the parents still have to sit there and be like, yeah, we're so proud of you, Timmy. You're out there doing the thing. You're playing second string to a freaking dog <laughs> who can dunk like a mother <laughs> man they also have like those mvp movies with the with the the monkey he plays hockey then he plays he, then he's a he's a skateboarder and then he's a snowboarder what? oh my god i just I, like there's, there's MVP, so mvp i'm assuming stands for most valuable primate it does i have never heard of this it uh year 2000 yeah, Jack is a three-year-old chimpanzee who's been the subject of a long-term experiment by Dr. Ken... Oh, okay, so he's like, genetic... Okay, they give a backstory here. The chimp gets genetically modified, I guess, and then he can play hockey. He is so. played by three chimps, Bernie, yeah. Louie, and Mac. Wow. And Kevin Zegers. Kevin Zegers is in the movie! Is he the same character? No, he plays Steven Westover. This guy made a career of playing sports <laughs> with animals in movies. What? In his grown-up career, it looks like he plays in, like, grown-up television. He was in a show called... Dirty John. He's in, that doesn't sound like the same. He's kind in of Fear of the Walking Dead, and he's in Gossip Girl, and he was in a movie called Transamerica. And he was in Dawn of the Dead, also. He was in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, the Zack Snyder one. Huh. He was in Magic he, School Bus. This has just turned into us going on IMDb and looking. <laughs> he's just like, but but like his IMDb known for is not any of the Air Bud movies, which is wild to me. Yeah, Transamerica. I don't, I don't know what Fear the Walking Dead is. Uh, it's like a prequel show, right? Is yeah, it, it's like a prequel show, but there, it's not super connected. Oh, actually, now looking at the poster, yeah, it is connected. They brought a character from Walking Dead, and he's in there now. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but, uh, yeah. The Magic School Bus, Mikey Ramone. That's not even Mikey. Which one's Mikey? I don't, it looks, it doesn't look like he was on, it looks like he was only on six episodes. He did five episodes. Five episodes. <laughs> That's actually, speaking of, circling back to Batman Begins. There it is. <laughs> back. I found it. And, and Magic School Bus. There was, like, there was a trend where uh, because of Batman Begins, there was a bunch of like fake trailers for 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 various gritty reboots, and my friends and I made one for the Magic School Bus back in the day, and we had like Miss Frizzle no was way. dead, all the kids were grown up, Arnold was in therapy, um, and like yeah, they were, they had to like they had to go get Miss Frizzle out of hell. Oh my god! <laughs> we made this, like we made this dark gritty reboot for Magic School Bus. And it was like my is proudest moment. Is that available like, somewhere? Yeah, it's, if you just go on YouTube and write Magic School Bus trailer, Scholastic almost sued us because they thought we were actually going to make this movie. <laughs> like we had to talk to their lawyers. Oh, no. Yeah, they were like, so you guys can't do this. And we're like, we're not. It's it's not it's not real. It's just a trailer. It's just a trailer. Yeah. Moving Mind Studios? That... Yeah, yeah, that's my Oh, my uh, God, six thing. years ago. Okay, watch later. <laughs> Save to watch later. I am so jazzed. I, I watched an episode Arnold. of the Magic School Bus not that long ago. That 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 show is bad <laughs> insane. It is absolutely like oh my god. And it's funny they brought it back uh, like a year or two ago on Netflix. 
Yeah. And everyone just hates it. Because Netflix can't just let anything die in peace. Yeah. They like re- they made it again. Arrested it's Development. Different, yeah. Kate McKinnon does the voice. It's messed up. There's a different Miss Frizzle? That's not good. Yeah. What? They recast Harley Quinn for her animated show. The vo- are you are you trying to bring this back to DC? Is that how you're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I am. So, like, it's so like Tara Strong is Harley Quinn. That's, like, her thing. Mm-hmm. Like, her and Mark Hamill do Harley Quinn and the Joker. And then DC announced their, like, animated new Harley Quinn show, and we're like, oh, and Kaylee Cuoco, or whatever her name is from Big Bang Theory, is now Harley Quinn. Yeah, hey, Star Ooh. Power is what Cuoco? they need. The, she, she's the girl from Big Bang Theory. Uh, yeah. Penny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Harley Quinn. Wow. Well, I mean, good for her, I guess, if she can do it. I doubt she can. Well, the thing yeah. is, is is the, the Margot Robbie Harley Quinn was just too far from the Tara Strong Harley Quinn, from, like, the killing joke, for them to, to be able to bring it back to that. But Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn wasn't good. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it Suicide was good. Squad was bad. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying that, like, that's what they're working with now. What do they want? Hot. It would be like if, if, if they made an animated Marvel show and went back to White Nick Fury. Right. That is an interesting way to put it. You see what I'm saying, though? Like, it's just changed so much because of the movies and, and everything that that you, you can't pull it back to where it used to be. Yeah, like, the, the, the mainstream popular version of this character is now completely different. Right, and, like, people right. care about Harley Quinn now because mm-hmm. of Suicide Squad, because people did uh, enjoy it. I don't know if they liked it or not. The person on the our plane out to Seattle seemed to be really enjoying watching Suicide Squad on her iPhone 5. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, she was to see it. Uh, what James Gunn does with Suicide Squad 2. I am also interested to see how he's going to incorporate music from, like, the 1980s yeah. into Suicide Squad. <laughs> Which is wild because, like, Suicide Squad was so music-driven already. Like, I think it could be a really good thing. It was so music-driven in the sense that, like, they literally just bought the rights to the songs that had to do with the thing that they were doing in that scene, you know? Well, hey, right. no, because they got Rick Ross and Skrillex to write a song for it called Purple oh Lamborghini. Oh, my God. That music video is... Have you seen that music video? Oh, yeah. Rick Ross is a human meme. It's just... What? uh, I don't think I even knew this existed. It makes me physically cringe. You've got Rick Ross, uh, Jared Leto in full Joker makeup, and Skrillex walking into a club as if, like, they're the coolest people in that club. But, like, it it looks so silly. You know, I mean, honestly, Skrillex probably would have made a better Joker than Jared Leto. (laughs) If you're going to hire a musician to do it, I, remember, I, don't, I don't know that we would say Jared Leto is primarily a musician. I mean, he goes on tour more than he acts. He's a he's a good singer. He is. I, I like Thirty Seconds to Mars. Yeah. But like, the man's got a f-ing Oscar. Like, like they could have they could have got Jared Leto to make an original song for Suicide Squad. Will Smith to make an original song for Suicide Squad. Or just like right. <laughs> a weird collaboration. But no, Will Smith rapping. No, they got Twenty One Pilots and they got Rick Ross. There's a there's a comedian on on Twitter that I think he did this for Suicide Squad, but he makes like fake uh, Will Smith style raps for the ends of songs. And I think he did one like one as Will Smith rapping like as Deadshot for the credits of Suicide Squad. It's hilarious. I forget what his, his name's like Demi something. He also did one like as Childish Gambino as if it was like the credits of Solo and he's just like rapping in character. It's so funny. <laughs> like <laughs> I loved Donald Glover as uh, Lando. I did. I'll say it. I'll come out and say that. Yeah, it just like if, I, if I he'd been too. in a better movie, uh, it would have been great. Oh, what are you trying to say about Solo? I think that was pretty clear. <laughs> so, so, Ryan, here on the show, we rate things on a binary scale. So it's a one, you have to see it. Or a zero, you don't have to see it. Where does Solo fall? Uh, that's a zero for me. It's a zero for you, okay. It's Star Wars! That doesn't give it a free pass, should it? I, get, I guess that's fair. I guess I've I've pulled this argument on, like, 
Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Like, I come from like, I come from like, yeah, the center of the hurricane on that. On one. and I don't think you need to see Crimes of Grindelwald. Briefly, no. briefly on the subject of Solo, I find there's something about Solo that I find more interesting than anybody in the world seems to find interesting in the, the fact that the Empire uses the Imperial March in a propaganda film in Solo. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, they that. know about it. They're all in. Like that, just that. I, that brings so many questions into mind of like like the the score for the movie exists that in the, the movie's canon. They hired a composer. There is there is a character in the Star Wars universe that wrote that song. Right, like that's, that's what I'm saying is like is like it, it, because he's in the airport for lack of a better word, Hans watches the the join the Empire flight academy thing and it, it plays the Imperial March out of the television so that means does that also mean that like there is a full orchestra off screen in the death star when when like that's what i'm wondering is like that just creates so many strange (laughs) or do they just have speakers playing in the (laughs) room (laughs) does darth vader walk into a room with his own theme song and people are just like oh crap vader's here real quick just want to circle back around to this i had never seen the purple lamborghini music video before i just watched the whole thing there are only only like six people in this club yeah it's it's a horrible club i mean they could have made better decisions than hiring the people they did to make music for that movie but let's be honest purple lamborghini by skrillex and rick ross slaps oh yeah i remember um back then i was still doing like nudes videos for screen rant and uh I was at Comic-Con the year that Suicide Squad came out, and this is before everybody knew that it was a bad movie. And we were just like, the whole Screen Red team were just listening to Purple Lamborghini in anticipation of how amazing this movie was going to be. We're like, oh my god, this song is crazy! And then, yeah, the, our dreams and died. And granted, yeah. what exactly the scene that do that you that do song... at Screen Red? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry? What? What do you do at Screen Rant? Uh, well, now I full-on just make videos for the YouTube channel. But when I started, I was doing, uh, for the actual Screen Rant news website, I was making, like, news videos of, uh, I'd make, like, four videos a day of just kind of presenting what the news story was and uh, crack a couple of jokes when I could. And, uh, yeah, now I just do stuff. I do the pitch meetings, and I do uh, developing some other things on that channel. It's basically it. I get to work from home, which is fun. <laughs> that is the dream. So you don't work in the super secret Screen Rant office? No, I did for a couple of years though i've been there since like 2016 and uh yeah i used to work at the based up here in montreal actually really i would not have guessed that yeah 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 yeah, a lot of people don't know that. I think like the company's based at, based based in like Ohio on Google for some reason, but now that's full on Montreal. Are you or, from? Like, it, are you from Montreal? Yeah, yeah. I would not have guessed that. I get. Yeah, no. I mean, I sound like a an American person, which sounds like a Canadian person. Like well, Canadians I mean, don't sound like the you know the the caricatures in TVs and stuff in TV shows. No, but you could usually guess when somebody is from Quebec. Yeah. Do you kinda. do you think you could? Uh, it depends. It depends if. Uh, if their first language is French, absolutely. But French is my second language, so I, uh, like, I always, I spoke English at home growing up, and I went to French school, so I don't have that, like, kind of Quebecois accent, you know. But you are fluent in French. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, my girlfriend is French, and we have, like, just weird bilingual conversations. It's, uh, it's an interesting place. Don't come, don't come up here now, though, because it's very cold. I mean, is that an open invitation otherwise, though? It's a, Montreal is a beautiful <laughs> place. Yeah, come on, crash here. No, but, like, Montreal is, is really awesome, but yeah, the winter months are harsh, and some yeah, people you, will only speak French. When so. you said when you said negative four Fahrenheit, my blood stopped working for a second. Yeah, and I had like, to Google that because we work in Celsius here. It gets cold here, but, like, uh, it, yeah, it gets, I don't know what the zero, it, 
I don't know what zero Fahrenheit is in Celsius because I'm I'm an ignorant American. Um, but hey, that's as cold as it gets. But that's as cold as it gets. So uh, negative twenty three. No, negative seventeen Celsius is pretty cold. much as cold as it gets here. But, but that's like. But that's a shocking, that is a shocking temperature when you walk outside. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I don't know if they do this in the States, but here, for some reason, the weather is like, okay, so it's minus 20 out, but then there's a little thing underneath that says, but it feels like. Feels like. like. Yeah, we get that. Yes, oh, yeah, we absolutely. do do that. Yeah. The wind chill. Absolutely. Well, it, yeah, it's wind chill in the, in the winter and then humidity heat index in the summer. Okay, right. Because, yeah, so right like, now, it feels like minus 20 Fahrenheit outside. That's, that's cold. What we're living with. Right good now. god i mean but that's like in there are parts of america like if you go to a green bay packers game in wisconsin that's like normal kickoff temperature for like a late season game and people sit outside and watch that yeah it, they love like it. minus 40 they like that's like part of the fun for them yeah that's nuts. there's frequent there's frequent times where they'll be like well a kickoff it's gonna be minus 30 but then by about third quarter we're gonna hit minus 40 that that spot on the thermometer where it's the same in both scales god okay yeah they're proud of it oh yeah yeah it's like it's like people that brag about eating spicy things it's like okay but it's painful you know like you know right you're hurting right yourself yeah. they had to eat that they had to start <laughs> heating the football field so that people didn't like get concussions every time they fell over oh my god because at that point the ground is just basically concrete that's insane yeah and then they play they play football outside in that and it's just uh you know why Why? i don't know i don't know do you do you so do you have to have a special thing for your car to make it start when it's cold um no we just well we just have to turn it on and let it run for a little while but you don't Um, have like an engine block heater uh some people some people will like plug in their car and kind of like heat it up overnight that's a thing that you can do we're also by law required to have snow tires like there's a certain date where legally you need to have those Uh, i i love hearing about canada more than almost anything I find Canada fascinating. I'm not sure why. I have you. You ever feel like I know Tyler does this because he feels called to live in Montana. I feel called to live in like Winnipeg. In Winnipeg. Yeah. I've never been. But I haven't uh, either. I've not either. That's the thing. You just you you have a calling to go to Winnipeg. I just it's just a calling, yeah, to, to visit and possibly just stay forever. Like like if you go there, you will discover something about yourself that is like <laughs> you could never know what you don't know until you go. Yeah, like the secret to unlocking yourself. It's it's just it's right. been entirely like, sold when to I me. Was, when I was in a prison camp, Raz Al Ghul <laughs> appeared to me and said, "Go to Winnipeg." <laughs> All of the, uh, what you are seeking right. will grab be there. a grab a blue flower and carry it right. to Winnipeg. And lo and behold, there will be a castle of ninjas there. Right. <laughs> this movie, I love this movie for the reason that it had like casual ninjas in it. Yeah, yeah. It's there not like a Jet Li movie. <laughs> it's not a Bruce Lee movie or a Jackie Chan movie. But it's got honest to God, wear the mask, drop from the ceiling, ninjas. And you're and this is the beginning of the movie. And you're just like, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, I'm I'm with the ninja. Yeah, yeah. And like Alfred and the, hits a ninja on the back of the head with like a log or something. <laughs> and at the beginning, the ninjas don't even do anything. They just stand there and watch Liam Neeson beat the. Sh- out of him yeah i'll tell you the, the one thing there's a scene actually in to, to bring it back to talk about the actual film there's a scene it's like the final trial at uh oh what is ras al ghul's home called nah uh, the opposite not of, a parbat yeah not a parbat yeah 
not the thing yeah. from Doctor Strange. So we covered yes. Doctor Strange of the show and went back and forth on which one it was for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Anyway, there's like the final trial there where like the ninjas are like stepping out of line and stepping in line where honestly, <laughs> while I was watching it, I was like, this makes absolutely no sense and to my me. My audio is am... cutting in and out. Oh, I'm sorry. The the scene, the final sort of trial in Nanda Parbat where like the ninjas keep like stepping into line and then stepping out of line. That was the only time in the whole movie where I was watching it. And from like a storytelling perspective, I was like, this has completely lost me. What on earth are they even doing here? Um, he's got like, to find Liam Neeson before Liam Neeson finds him. Is that what the game yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he cuts the oh. other ninja to match his cut. Yeah, and the other ninja's not like, ow. No, because the other ninja understands what's going on with the test. Right. Okay, that makes more sense. That would have been so I, funny it... if one of the ninjas was just like, ow. <laughs> ruined the whole thing. <laughs> How joking? It's not Ryu. He's not like a street fighter. I mean, why not? <laughs> you say that like this isn't Batman. Like, there's rules. I guess there is, like, DC Injustice. Is that the video game? Yeah, Injustice Gods Among Us. Oh, yeah. They're like the, Here's the, the street question. fighter for DC. Hold on. Ryan, you are... Do you read comics at all? I don't, no. Good. Me neither. So you're totally set for this conversation. Awesome. Uh, Batman versus Superman. Dawn this of is a justice. Superman. Superman wins 100% of the time, right? Yeah. Like, I know that, like, canonically, that's not the case. But, like... But there is no world in which he could lose. There just has to be some kind of silly, silly problem that happens that he happens to... Like, how they did it in the movie is he, he just doesn't... He, he's just not saying the thing that he needs to say to Bruce. <laughs> He's just like, Bruce, right. I need to talk to you, and I'm going to do that. I'm just going to walk closer to you, okay? I'm just going to keep walking, and Martha. I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> and then he just gets hit in the face with the kryptonite, and then it's an even <laughs> fight. Like, yeah. But with their established powers, as far as I understand them, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, Superman wins. <laughs> Superman can, like, pull the Earth out of orbit. Yeah. Batman right, but Batman has... always has a plan. Yeah. That's canonical, like, comic book Batman. Like, world's greatest detective always has a plan, even if sometimes the plan is to just beat the ever-loving shit out of somebody. Mm. I just feel like if you punch Superman and you're Batman, you just break your arm. Well, he delivered the kryptonite first, though. That's the thing. He's, he had that plan. <sighs> I'm not trying to justify Dawn of Justice. I'm just explaining to you how that works. And as far yeah. as, like, Batman wouldn't kill, but Superman snapped Zod's neck. Well, you know, he kind of deserved it. You know who probably deserved to die? The Scarecrow. It kind of comes back to bite die. him in the ass. Yeah, he doesn't die. He comes back and That's what like I'm the saying, though, is, like, if Batman just killed his villains, judge. we'd probably have less problems. Yeah, yeah I think that Scarecrow just gets shot in the face with a taser and runs off on a horse. I don't think we see him again yeah. in, in the movie. He Not in this particular movie, no, he no but he does come three. back as a judge in the third one. He comes back in the Dark Knight also at the beginning. Oh, yeah, he's he's in Arkham, he's right? Not even. He's like, he's in the parking garage. He's like in the scene where it's like hockey pads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know we're in hockey pads. <laughs> he's like on a new... He's in it for like five minutes, like not even. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, you're right. It's a little cameo. And yeah, and then he's the judge that makes oh, people walk out across the, the ice. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Weird movies. Batman. Well, they are still Christopher Nolan movies. The end of the day, there there's always going to be some stuff where it's like this is overly deep storytelling for a Batman movie. Yeah, you could tell he was. You could tell Christopher Nolan was, like, wrestling with that himself while he was filming it. Like, do we have to call this guy Joe Chill? Do we have to? Can, can he have a different name? Is that, like, a, a problem? Who even is Rachel Dawes in the comics? I don't know. Yeah, I, no I don't idea. read comics. He's the, he, she's the, she's the love interest. She, I mean, she gets replaced by Maggie Gyllenhaal, and we just didn't say anything about it. 
so whatever. No, but like she's she's the love interest, but Rachel Dawes introduced in this movie. So you can change Joe Chill's name. But oh, you yeah, can't because that. you can't though, because Joe Chill is, is who kills Batman's parents. That's the, if you're yeah, gonna but there, if you're gonna establish the origin story like that, you have to stick story. with the origin story. Yeah, but there's other versions of that. Like in some of like in the original story, it, they're seeing not Deflator Mouse, but a bat themed play or uh, opera. But I think in the most recent version of Batman, I've read an article about this that they were seeing like the Mask of Zorro. Right, it's true. Like at the movie theater. So you can change Joe Chill's name. I don't think that that's... You can't change and, the um, Joker's name. They could have also just phrased it so that they didn't... Like, did they, they literally say Mr. Chill in the courtroom yeah. scene? They could have yeah. Just, yeah, in the courtroom scene, Mr. Chill. Like, Sir, you know, could have been... Mr. Chill, they what do you have to say? They don't say a ton of names so just, You movie. write it so that you're not saying Mr. Chill. <laughs> you said they did or didn't? I felt like they did not say a ton of names in this movie. I felt like they, they avoided saying names because they were all so silly. Well, no, I mean, not a whole lot of people have. Jonathan Crane, perfectly normal name. It is. Henry Ducard, great name. That is a good name. I could write a book under that name. Uh, <laughs> people would pick up on that one. Do you think they would? Yeah. People didn't maybe didn't see this movie in the theaters in droves, but people have seen this movie since is it that came like out. A, I think I can get away with that. I mean, you, if I just change it to if I change it to Hank, mm -hmm. Hank Ducard. I think Boom. I think people would read that as Hank Duckard. Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to start Mr. writing like grown-up fiction. Yeah. What was that, Ryan? I missed Hank that. Hank Ducard. That's a good name. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Yeah. What what kind of books does Hank Duckard write? Do you remember those? A dude writes male lead adult romance novels. <laughs> Gross. That's what I'm getting. Like spy novels, but also. I'm I'm still on the Wikipedia page for the Magic School Bus. In case anybody's curious, not Wikipedia, the IMDb page. Oh, I recently had the trailer that y'all made pulled up. I was watching it. I'm, I'm reading about oh. the episode where they get digested. That was a great show. It was a great show. It was a great show. It was a great show. Yeah. Which is wild because there was so, apparently only 52 episodes, which seems like a small amount. Yeah, yeah, it does. I, yeah, I never realized that, I guess. That, yeah, it doesn't seem like that many. Now, the Magic School Bus, I didn't watch a ton of, but I, I imagine, I, I get the concept, right? Like, Miss Frizzle has a bus and it shrinks and grows and takes them to magical places that are all sciencey related. Uh, is this similar to the Magic Treehouse? Where they go into a treehouse and travel through time? I don't think the so. Book series? Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I, I Magic Treehouse. Maybe I don't. I remember the Magic Treehouse, but I don't think they're related. Uh, the Magic Treehouse was like a a group of kids, right? There was no teacher involved. They yeah, were, it was just two kids. It was unchaperoned, uh, <laughs> adventuring through time and space. Yeah, they're they're like uh, they had a treehouse, and it was basically the TARDIS, and it was awesome. Whereas it was everything I ever in wanted. the Magic School Bus, Miss Frizzle like takes these children's lives in their hands and like puts them inside the digestive tract of a human being, and nobody's parent-teacher conferences are like, hey, can you stop endangering my kid, please? <laughs> Any chance you could not take my kid to the moon? Yeah, Arnold, Arnold straight up dies in one episode. What? He, he They're on the moon or something, and he has, like, a, a cousin who's, like, she's the worst and she's not believing that it's cold on the moon or something i don't i forget what the reason is but he just takes off his helmet and his head freezes instantly and i don't know how he came back to life but right he, and he, like the superintendent of the school system isn't like hey miss frizzle uh don't do that yeah no it's just uh she swore them all to secrecy but yeah so in our gritty reboot like Arnold has been, we had like a longer version where he had been like to therapy and he's like, he's emotionally scarred and he's like that witch deserves to burn in hell. Like he ruined, she ruined his life. 
basically. Right. The, 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 the magic school bus down the line was overall not a good thing. Yeah. It was like I think it, you should make was, this movie. Yeah, I would if if we hadn't uh, gotten like threats. Yeah, <laughs> threats from the from the team over there. But yeah. I mean, did did you play a character in it? Yeah, I played uh, Arnold with a. Oh, so you were a horrible wig, Arnold. I, like, I, I you were the one that died whose my life hair was red, red, but then it was like it was too red. Um, and then so my friend revealed that he just had a wig, and so I just have a shitty wig in the thing. But yeah, I play Arnold, and I'm pretty pissed. That's a wild thing. It is a wild... I, I would like... I would love for that to be a movie. This is great. I'm watching the trailer right now. I love this. Oh, thanks. We, like, hired a, a guy in, I don't know, like, Indonesia or something to to make a 3D model of the the actual bus. And then we had, like, somebody animate it spinning and stuff like we we legitimately spent like a year putting this thing together really we we went to a a lot where there was a bunch of school buses and convinced them to let us shoot there and we god we did it we did a bunch of stuff it took time this looks like fun it looks like you and your friends have a lot of fun ryan george we do Indeedly do. So how did how did the pitch meetings thing start? Well, I made like a, a short 30 second Justice League pitch meeting on my own channel. Um, mm-hmm. That was just like, because I had just seen Justice League and it was just like, I don't know, it seems like a straightforward thing. It was like a team up movie and it was just like Batman is able to get the team together and it's there there are almost no obstacles. It's, it's the, that was the birth of the super easy, barely any convenience thing. And then they need right. to stop Steppenwolf and then they do and that's it. Like, I don't know. It was such a simple movie. Um, right. And then on the Screen Rant channel, um, the way that Screen Rant became popular is through, like, top 10 videos and, like, facts mm-hmm. you didn't know about, blah, 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 blah. And um, they kind of wanted to switch things up a little bit. And so I showed them this thing. And I was like, well, I can make, like, longer versions of this and tackle movies and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's basically how I was born. The inspiration was uh, there's this John Mulaney bit where he, he like, he pretends to be the guys who pitched Back to the Future and he just like, I forget what, in what uh, in what show of it it was but he basically like, he, he acts as if like these two guys went into pitch Back to the Future and how ridiculous it actually sounds when you break it down. Or, like this kid, mm-hmm. and his best friend is an, like a 17 year old disgraced nuclear physicist and they never explain it and they like, Right. And he goes into the past. And that's never explained. And the studio executive's like, oh, and he tries to stop the Kennedy assassination? And he's like, no. He tries to sleep with his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs> It's so funny. John That's so funny that it's so funny that you are the person that that changed. I mean, I, I don't know if you alone are, but like Screen Rant used to make those top ten type videos, and then you know you start doing the the, the pitch meeting, and it really sort of explodes in a new and a different way. That's so funny for me personally because uh, the person that introduced me to the pitch meetings is one of our YouTube creator friends named Seamus Gorman, and he's he's doing just fine for himself. Uh, but he makes videos about how he does not like, and I, this might be like a offensive to say but he gets so frustrated because he does like theories and stuff he gets so frustrated with like screen rant and Sorry, watch mojo like, watch mojo uk he gets frustrated with like channels like screen rant and watch mojo and stuff like that who are like corporations that just put out videos four times a day uh that are just yeah. pumping out content um, and i can see- hold on i lost oh, you there for Sorry, a second. the audio was kind of cutting out there but i think i got the gist of what you're saying yeah um mm-hmm. yeah yeah i could definitely see that and i think like that is part of why um screen rant a, a couple of years ago ago was like let's let's switch things up a bit and make uh and now it's cool they're like really they're, they're they want to develop more series and more kind of like they're doing like really great document 
documentaries now that are actually like 20, 25 minutes long that are like deep dives into certain subjects. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like YouTube as a whole has, is also like shifting away from those top 10 lists. They just don't like people. People just aren't interested in them. Right. As much as they used to. Right. Well, yeah. whatever you guys are doing, it's working because. Ryan George joined. Oh. Hey. There he is. That was amazing. Ethan cast a spell and there you are. Yeah, I missed most of the things that you said about, like, uh, Seamus Gorman and stuff. But, uh, yeah, he tweeted at me well, recently. He... Um, yeah, he's, he's got some good stuff on his channel. Oh, he's currently flipping a living that <laughs> you just said his name. Not currently, yeah, but, like, are... when he listens to this on Thursday, he was, he's just like, you've got Ryan George? Can you tell him I said hello? <laughs> oh, I just, I followed him on Twitter, too, so he'll, he'll, be, he'll be happy. Yeah, he will be happy to see um... that. <laughs> I was actually just in his Discord server saying that we were recording with you, and somebody sent me a video called The Ryan George Conspiracy. Yeah, dude, that's so funny. I Uh, gotta watch this video now. Not now. It's hilarious. I I couldn't believe what I was seeing when I watched that video. (laughs) Because at first I thought it was going to be something awful, and then I saw that you commented on it, and I was like, oh, okay, we're good. Yeah, I had no idea what to... I just... just I think the guy tweeted it at me, and uh, yeah, well, I won't spoil it, but it's 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 an insane piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the work of a madman. I just I just love <laughs> so funny. I love the internet sometimes, like I just do. Yeah, it's I, it's insane. It's it's so nuts. And um, yeah, actually, like I'm happy that Screen Rant actually shared this guy's video, and uh, like it looks like he got uh, like he got like a good three hundred something subscribers from it. So that's pretty cool. Like a little that's exciting. A little boost, and he's doing like a bunch. Of, he has like the PewDiePie conspiracy. He has a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Matthew Santoro conspiracy. It's just once you see it, you'll see it's just that's pure amazing. insanity. I love it's it. It's so funny. It's really well done. It's so stupid. So I mean, like, are there are there two of you? Like, is that the secret? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe you have to watch that conspiracy. Video. I will. I will. You do like a He's... like a wheezy waiter thing over there, where there's just like a secret clone. <laughs> yes, I've I've heard people reference that. Uh, I, yeah, I don't get that reference, but if he has a closet full of clones, that's definitely that's yeah, that's, 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 that's the whole that's joke. The whole that joke, has been yeah. the joke since YouTube started with wheezy waiter. Yeah. <laughs> He's been doing the clone joke since yeah, like since 2006. Yeah, I guess uh, it's something like that yep. uh so we'll go ahead and wrap up the show we'll get you to say all your taglines cool. so that you know i can have those sound bites for the rest of my life <laughs> and uh and uh yeah so wrapping up the show we need to this is bacon and eggs so basically we like to talk about every movie as though it were a breakfast you know like if i was to sit down and eat this movie as a meal what would that meal be Oh. Uh, and of course, we're talking about Batman Begins. It's a very weird gimmick, okay? When we started the show, we didn't expect people to like the show as much as they did. And we still do the gimmick because you got to have something that makes you unique. That's true. Uh, so, uh, were Batman Begins something you ate for breakfast, what breakfast would that have been? Wow. That, I mean... What breakfast would Batman be? That is, I mean, I have no idea on the spot. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think about it for a minute. You know, it's gritty. It it involves it's gritty. It involves black coffee and grit somewhere in that. Yeah, it's like it. It's like a. It's a dark twist on on a meal that you've had many times before. You know, like maybe it's there's something hardcore added into the eggs. You know, I don't know. Like you know, this was interesting. We just came from Seattle. What do you mean? Where? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, are we talking I'm, I'm like? Like there's something Nails. weird in there, or like you put like <laughs> cocaine in there. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say like broken glass, but maybe not. 
like something more enjoyable than broken glass. Maybe like some hot sauce, you know? I eat a bowl of nails for breakfast without any milk. <laughs> some deep fried bat. <laughs> they say they say bat is the chicken, chicken of the, of the cave. cave. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody says that. That's <laughs> who is they. Um. <laughs> uh, I like the idea. There's definitely black coffee. Mm-hmm. There's definitely like grits with black pepper. I don't know if they have grits in Canada, but basically it's like, you know, the stuff he's eating when he's in the prison camp. Uh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> You're selling <laughs> like grits that, the wrong awesome. way. <laughs> but that's sort of what grits it looks is like. like mashed potatoes made of corn instead of potatoes. Oh my God. That sounds awful. What? Oh, I might not be selling it right again. I, I don't know. It's made out of cornmeal. Um, it's like a, I don't know. It's a breakfast kind of substance sounds like i hate it we are experts on this we will send you grits in the mail don't you worry please don't (laughs) (laughs) well we'll do an exchange you just send us some poutine and we'll send you some grits oh yeah that's a good exchange poutine is awesome fair trade some uh some tim hortons yeah absolutely i ate that today you know roll up the rim i went to watch glass and i I, I drank tim hortons coffee while i did that is it tim hortons coffee just awful it's fine you know it does like it's it's accessible Compared to like Mick Cafe, it is Mick Cafe. Tim Horton. In terms of quality, they're pretty similar. It's because oh, McDonald's sells beans to Tim Hortons. Oh, McDonald's sells everybody beans. Yeah, now, pretty right? much. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. I didn't know that Tim Hortons coffee was McDonald's coffee. Yep. You can drink Carlin. I mean, I'm sure it's their own blend, but it's not just straight right. Mick Cafe. But it is. It comes from McDonald's roastery. Okay, interesting. Yep. That so Timmy Hohos. We've got black coffee, scrambled eggs in glass, <laughs> and grits with black scrambled pepper. Scrambled eggs in <laughs> glass. <laughs> What doesn't kill you that makes you stronger, right? It might just kill you. <laughs> yeah. This will exclusively kill Definitely you. Definitely no an inconvenience. <laughs> and uh, maybe like a, a, a hot cup of steaming tea that drives you insane. Yes. Yes. Some psycho tea, as we call it here in my office. You know, that's the tea, sis. That's the tea. That's the tea, sis. I get it. Yeah. A tea I, that makes things slightly it, scarier. A tea that makes things slightly scarier. <laughs> I thought you were saying, like, that's the thesis, you know? Is that not the joke? Oh, no, I don't think I it don't is. Think oh, man. So. Well, it's, it's a thing it that the youth fantastic. say. They say that's yeah. the tea? Yeah, that's sis? the tea, yeah. sis. Yeah. Like, that is the tea, comma, sister. Yeah. What the f*** does that mean? It's for when you're it's spilling like... some hot gossip. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the tea. Oh, I'm so out of touch. Don't worry. I've seen, like... I listen to an entire podcast about Generation Z so I can try to keep up. I've seen Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones doing, like, Instagram things where she's like, and that's the tea, but I had no idea what she was talking about. I just thought it was a British thing. No, it's a it's like a no. youth thing. Wow. All right. Okay. It's like TikTok official. Oh my god. Alright, I'm old now. Don't download TikTok. I deleted TikTok. I feel so much better. Yeah, I downloaded it once. I opened it and I was like, I don't, this, none of this makes any sense. This isn't for me. I'm yeah. not allowed here. Yeah, no. I like tried to upload a short video uh, from my YouTube channel and then I was like, no one's ever going to see this. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, they're trying to make it Vine, but it's terrifying. Yeah, it's just a weird thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, no. So yeah, but eggs and glass and coffee. Eggs and glass. Eggs and glass and insanity coffee and yep. tea and whatever. Oh yeah, some of that Death Witch coffee stuff. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, strongest coffee you can buy will probably kill you before the age of thirty. Not FDA recommended. Moving on from there, Ra's al Ghul here. Not as good as Heath Ledger's Joker performance, which incidentally is the mark by which we rank villains in movies. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, we are gonna come 
bumps up against that next week. Yes. We, so we, we rank our villains on a scale the of the top end being Heath Ledger as the Joker and the bottom end being Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. Oh, wow. We rank all villains, including the Iceberg and Titanic, against that scale. <laughs> Iceberg actually beat Iceberg it. Iceberg did beat it. Iceberg, successful villain. Iceberg, impartial, successful villain. Yeah. So wow. It killed a lot of people. It did. And it killed real-life people. It didn't just kill Jack and Rose. Like, and it had no ambition whatsoever. It was floating along, merrily we float along, and then all of a sudden, just bam, murder. A good classic villain. So yeah, Ra's al Ghul, not as good as Heath Ledger's Joker. I give him like a, like a seven. Yeah. On a scale of Tommy Lee Jones to Heath Ledger, it's a seven. That, that makes very me. little sense. And uh, really we're working with, is this better than Jurassic Park? Oh. In my opinion. I'm sure Tyler I, has different opinions on this. What was your opinion? Sorry, you cut out. It is or it isn't? So, so well, we've got to put it. Tyler, are you here? I okay. am here. I'm, I'm just listening. Okay. So we, we have uh, our big board of movies that we rank every year. And currently the top spot is Jurassic Park, followed by all three Toy Story movies, followed by Interstellar. Um, and hmm. uh, so I'm curious as to where Tyler falls in the Toy Story conundrum. But um, is this better than Jurassic Park is the question I would be starting with. Because I think that it is better than Toy Story. Ryan George? I would say that Jurassic Park is better than Batman Begins. And I would also say that Jurassic Park. I would also. I, I would say that. Yeah. And, and then Toy Story is the other one? All three Toy Story movies in reverse order, three being the best, and two, uh, two being the second best, and one being the least best. That's tough. I think I think it's it's below Jurassic Park, but better than Toy Story. I think I think that's giving this film too much credit, but what I will... I, I do love this movie. I even said on the plane, we have I, we have a best Nolan film we've reviewed, because I do think that this is better than Interstellar, uh, but we're not going to get into that argument. Uh, I think this is better than Toy Story 1, not better than Toy Story 2 and 3. Okay. Br- yeah, I- agree with that i like that break it up yeah let's go for it that's fine with me i'm game yeah because toy story one is is you know it's it's a great movie but it, it, it's more of like of a of a symbolic movie it's for like what it did for like it was the first feature length computer generated thing but like toy story two and three are clearly much better not just technically but story wise too uh, right and so yeah i'd say batman begins is better than the first toy story yes i'm with that i like these answers that's everything then that's I think. everything yeah ryan coming on bacon and eggs was this like a difficult process would you say Actually, it was super easy. Barely an inconvenience. There it is. <laughs> there it is. He said, he said the thing. He said it. He said I'm glad thing. you took the lead in there. <laughs> That's, that is all. That is every every single message I receive is, is that. Anything I ever say on social media is like, oh, was that hard to do? Are you going to say it, you, you little monkey? You know, I felt so bad when I was doing all the like press tweets and everything the other day for this. I was like, he gets this all the time, but I don't care. I'm just going to make it. I'm just going to take it. Yeah, no, no. I'm sitting in a Seattle Starbucks (laughs) doing all the press for this episode (laughs) at one time, like, because that's the time we had available from our podcast convention. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I'm 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 happy that people like the catchphrases. I can't actually complain about that. It's hilarious that people try to bait me into saying it all the time. <laughs> well, it's it's a good thing. I mean, there are worse things people could be baiting you into saying all the time. Yeah, you can yeah, have so. a exactly. you can have a much worse catchphrase than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got I got a couple of those. I got a couple of catchphrases. Which, if you just repeat something a couple of times, it becomes a catchphrase. Interestingly enough, turns out, it yeah, takes. that's all it takes. Yeah, we've said. <laughs> And sometimes people wear sweatshirts that say "Howdy Yokes" on them. What a wild yeah, world! Sometimes you live people in. make that decision for you as well. Like you say something, and they, mm-hmm. people repeat it to no end. And you're like, "Well, I guess that that's a thing I do now." Yep, that's now okay. No choice. Doing new things is tight. <laughs> <laughs> 
man. I like when I finish my pitch meeting scripts. Sometimes I need to go back and make sure that I didn't miss those catchphrases because I know people would get. There's actually there's one pitch meeting where I recorded, I edited it, and then I uploaded, and then I realized I didn't say super easy barely inconvenience, and I had to like panic and email the channel manager and be like, take it down, take it down, take it down. And then I had to like record. I shoehorned it in somewhere. God, I, forget. I think it's like the Lego movie or something. If you go watch the, the Lego, Lego movie, movie pitch meeting, um, the super easy is, is pretty shoehorned in there. <laughs> I believe it. I actually think I watched that one the other day where it was like the, the end of it. And then you like came back and did it. Oh, that was, yeah, that was Wonder Woman. I think that was, that was intentional. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, people would uh, people would get mad. Uh, but yes, all of this is good things. Yes. All of this is well. We just need to close the show now, uh, and then we will let you go back to your Canadian sleep. <laughs> cool. And then we'll uh, we'll follow up with some emails and stuff for you. So, Ethan, do you want to close the show? Yes, sure. We have a bunch of social medias. I am on Instagram and Twitter at no, I am on Instagram at Bacon Ethan and on Twitter at Wow Now. But the O's are zeros. Tyler is at America Harlan on Twitter and Instagram, and Ryan as I think the Ryan George mm-hmm. on everything. Yeah, perfect. Yes, the Ryan George on Twitstagram, uh, as well as you can find him on his personal YouTube channel and on Screen Rant's YouTube channel, doing hilarious and amazing things. Our intro music is by the one, the only, Andrew Scott Bell. Our graphics are by Vaishan Brandon of Graphite. I think that's everything. If you want to buy merch or anything, the links are in the descriptions. Uh, we have hats, we have sweatshirts, we have everything. It's all down there. You can find everything. Uh, I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's with Tyler Collar, and him over there in Canada has been Ryan George. And until next time, Arriva Dirty. And why do we fall, Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> <laughs>